Do you know why Yeshua died? You could say, He died for me. He died for you. No, He didn't. He didn't die for you, actually. You want to know why He died? For Himself. Not for you. If it was for you, then that would have meant that you are so valuable, invaluable, really, so precious, so incredible, so worthy, that he couldn't have helped it but die for you. That's not why he did it. No. He could have easily have created someone else instead. After all, it only took six, six days <laughs> to create his universe and all the men in it. Adam. So, God could have created another you six days later and be done with it. No, he didn't die for you. Don't be so prideful and arrogant. Think you're so great that the God of the universe, the creator, would have died for you. No. As I mentioned, he died for himself. Why? Because he is worthy. And he is the Lord Almighty. And he is zealous for his own name, for his own reputation, for his own glorious, magnificence name. He is yod hei vav hei, the author of life. There is none but him. Don't you get it? There is no gods, plural. There is just one, just a maker, just him. Him alone. No other universe, no other multiverse, just him. He's outside of everything, and everything is inside of him. Everything is a part of him. He didn't die for you, he died for him. Why? Because he created you. And it was for his name's sake that he delivered you. For his glory and purpose that he redeemed you and atoned for you. Because he has created you. And you are his precious, his belonging, his child. It's not about you. It's about him. If it was about us, he would have let us die. <laughs> Does that really surprise you? Have you looked at yourself recently? You devils. Wicked. Every thought, every deed, every act. If it was so in the times of the flood when the Lord says, he regretted making men because all they do is think evil all day long. How much more today? When you don't just think it, you do it. And you legalize it. No, he didn't die for you. He died for himself. For his glory. For his name's sake. Because nobody, not even you, can get in the way of his plan. Of his purpose. He created you. And I don't mean you as a specific person, but you as a race, the human race, the souls of men created in the image of God. He has created us, Adam, to have a child, to raise up that child, to be a bride, to be a partner, to be a beloved. And he wasn't going to let anyone, including us, get in the way. So he didn't die for you. He died for himself. You need to get that out of your system. For God so loved the world. No. God loved his creation because he's the one who made it. And he loves his babies. 
but not because of the babies, but because he's the one who made it. Do you understand what I'm telling you? It's not about you. It's about him. It's all about him. Everything. Always. His glory, his name, his reputation, not you. You can go to hell, and most of you will. It's not about you. It's about man as a whole. See, Yeshua made a way for us to choose to be saved, but not everyone's going to be saved, and yet some will be. What did he tell Noah? See, he said, two of every kind of animal. Not every animal was saved. The vast majority died. We have all the fossils to prove that. Many species vanished. Many species went extinct, but not the kinds. There's a difference. Mankind. But out of mankind, many species go extinct. The Mayans, the Aztecs, the Canaanites, Perizzites, Hevites, Hittites. All those species of men went extinct, but not the kind. God is about saving kinds, mankind, two of each kind. Not everyone, but every kind. And that's very kind of him, if you ask me. But not because of us, but because of him. Because he loves himself in a very humble, meek way, very selfless way. And we are fortunate that we have some of him in us, the spirit of life. We are in his image. And because he loves himself, he loves that image that he has created because he can see himself in us. Deep down in the, the core, that very life that we have, that source inside of us, that soul, the thing that you oppress, the thing that you sin against, the thing you depress. But God loves it because he loves himself. And that is why he died. To redeem that particle, that divine spark, that God spirit, that is oppressed, depressed, contaminated, and under stress inside of you, to redeem that and let that thing flourish, because that's his seed, that's the God seed, that he wants to sow in the soil and give life to. See, many people celebrate their birthday. Why? You were never even born. You're still dead. How can you be born unless you've been born of the Spirit? considering that we are a spirit being, eternal being. God is forever. We are in his image. We are forever. We are spiritual beings. Why do you celebrate the birth of your flesh when you haven't even been born in the spirit yet? That doesn't even make sense. Might as well just consider your birth date, the day that your father's amino acids binded together in his sack and formed a DNA genetic code that is you, but you don't do that. Because you're not even consistent with your beliefs. You say one thing and you do another. All those Jews, they don't eat meat and milk. They take everything to the extreme. Well, we don't want to be close to the edge, so we, uh, we know it says don't cook, but we're going to not eat as well, and just to be sure. Well, that's a good principle to have, but if you do it, why don't you do everything according to that principle? The Torah says, do not fornicate, do not commit adultery, do not make your daughter a prostitute. And yet you have sex outside of marriage. You move in with your girlfriend, boyfriend, without the covenant of a marriage. You say you don't eat unclean food, but yet you smoke cigarettes, even though the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. You contaminate your body, your spirit, your soul, make your lungs look like an ashtray. 
How is that holy? So you don't eat meat and milk because you don't want to be on the edge. You don't eat legumes and, ki- and kidney beans and lentils and Pesach because you don't want to be on the edge. But when you smoke cigarettes like a chimney stack, defiling yourself and your environment and your wife and your children, how is that holy? How's that for not living close to the edge? You're a hypocrite. You're not even consistent with what you say you believe in. Yeshua did not die for you. No. No, 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 no. Don't compliment yourself. Don't get prideful. Don't get full of yourself. He didn't die for you. He died for himself, for his name's sake, because God is great. It's not God is greater than I. No, God is great. You're not even in the, in the equation. You are nothing. Don't get full of yourself, you little ant. It's all about God. Always has been, always will be. Hallelujah. Also, by the way, to add to that message, something that Papa just told me, that he hasn't told me before because I was too prideful to accept it and receive it with understanding and thanksgiving. And most of you probably will not. (laughs) And you will reject it and think it's a lie, but here's the truth. Papa didn't even intend to make you. You were not the goal. You were not on the agenda. Actually, Papa wanted to make more of himself. When he made man, he said, let us make man in what? In our image, in our likeness. Adam was supposed to be an extension of God. To be his hands and feet, his fingers and toes. You were never on the menu. Adam was supposed to be in the likeness of God. To be fruitful and multiply. To multiply with the likeness of God, to be in the service of God, to walk with God and to be a temple for God. You were never on the menu. You were never the plan. You should not even exist. The only reason you do is, again, because God loves himself and therefore has mercy on you. But there was never a plan for a species of rebellious little creatures that think they are God, apart from God, that claim there is no God, that they are God, and they themselves evolved out of a monkey. If that, just like that doesn't even make sense in its own thing, but that's another story. It, it never happened, so it doesn't need to make sense. But you are never on the menu, don't you get it? God wanted to create a physical universe for his spirit to reside. It's all about him. Always has been, always will be. We are to be his fingers and toes. And much like a finger and a toe, you are supposed to do exactly what the brain tells you to do. Now, given the brain does supply the fingers and toes with blood and oxygen, everything they need to survive and exist and live and thrive and be healthy, but the fingers and toes are meant to obey without question the will of the mind, of the brain, of the computer of the intelligent being that controls the fingers and toes. If they don't, what do you do with a toe that keeps jumping and jumping? You can't control it. You amputate it. You cut it off before it corrupts the rest of the body, before those cancerous cells spread all over the place. See, we are meant to be God's fingers and toes, except that unlike your fingers and toes, that are pretty much mindless and obey without question, they don't have free will to choose whether to obey your brain or not, We do have that free will. 
the where it told it can choose whether to obey its master or not, or do whatever it wants. Yet, if you choose not to obey the master and do whatever the master wants, you will be cut off and another toe will be put in your stead. Don't you get it? Is it really too much for you to understand? Or is it just that you're too prideful? You really want to be more than you really are. You want to be more than you were created to be? You were created to be a servant, to be a slave of the greatest master ever, but a slave nevertheless, to obey your master's will, to obey his commands, to do what he tells you to do. If your toe, again, doesn't do what you tell it, if your thumb doesn't do what you tell it, what are you going to do with it? Why do you even have fingers and toes? You use them for everything. Everything you touch, everything you hold, everything you click, you press, you touch, you move, you cook, you bake, you drive. Everything you do with your fingers and toes, what are you going to do without them? Hold stuff with your mouth? <laughs> you know how useless you are without your fingers and toes. Get it. Understand it. That's all you are. That's all you were created to be. Sure, you have an awareness. You have a consciousness because God wanted to talk to his fingers and toes. He wanted to love his fingers and toes. But nevertheless, you are a finger and a toe. And unless you humble yourself and fulfill the position and the objection and the purpose for which you were created, you're going to get imputated and replaced with another finger and another toe. God doesn't need everyone. Never has, never will. He doesn't want everyone either. He only needs a few. On the ark, two of every kind and seven of every holy kind. That's it. Not millions, not billions. Just two and seven. That's it. God doesn't need you. And truth be told, He doesn't really want you. <laughs> Would you want yourself? No. God wants those who want Him. God wants those who love Him with all their heart, all their soul, all their might. And can you blame Him? Who would you rather have? Someone who's always nasty to you, say you don't even matter, you don't even exist, they spit on your law, say your law is done away with, whatever you told them, eh, we don't need to do it, it doesn't matter, he's not going to do anything about it. Would you hire those people? Or will you hire those who actually truly love you? Obey, but not just to obey, but because they love you. They want to give their best for you. They want to do everything for you. They want to honor you, to glorify you, because they love you. Wouldn't you rather have those guys? And you think God doesn't? <laughs> Again, you don't make sense. You're not even consistent with your own conclusions because you live in a lie and lies are inconsistent. Lies aren't stable. They aren't formidable. Lies are quicksand. They're a shift, shape-shifting swamp. You can never sustain a lie because a lie is unsustainable. It is false and therefore cannot exist. Sooner or later, it's going to get exposed. You're going to get confronted with the truth and then you will have that choice to either accept the truth and repent and humble yourself or push even further into rebellion, push even further and, and build up more lies on top of lies to support that original lie. And truth be told, there is no coming back from that. Once you reject the truth, once you embrace the lie, it's over for you. Because Papa is not going to force you. When you reject the choice to love him, you pretty much make a confession of faith that you do not want him. And therefore, he's not going to force you. 
And he's going to say, fine, I don't want you either. Goodbye, Pharaoh. He's going to harden your heart and you are going to end up in hell. Hallelujah. Now, after spending some time with Papa, pondering over the message I gave you, I have another addition for you that I don't think you're going to like, but it's the truth. Whether you like it or not is up to you. But that's what Papa said, and that is truth. I talked to you about how God doesn't want everyone. No, he's only interested in the kind, in the remnant. And that remnant was called to be Yashar El, a people created by himself from two barren women, Rivka and Sarah. They were barren. And Yaakov's wives were barren as well. Rachel was barren. Leah was barren. We know that God allowed her to bore children because he saw that she was unloved. Israel, or in its proper name, Yashar'el, is a miraculous people created by God and for God. They were always meant to be the remnant, a prototype, a kind, if you will, of the human kind. A tithe from all the nations of the earth, in the same way that Adam was a tithe of all the creatures of the earth. And out of Adam, mankind, Yashar'el was a tithe to be a nation for God. He said, you will be my people, I will be your God. You will be my sons, I will be your father. You will be my bride, I will be your husband. A tithe. The rest are God's creation, but they're not his people. They're not his beloved. Sure, God loves you, yes. Well, he loves everything he made. But what is you exactly? Does he love you? No. What he does love is the life form that you are. The God-given spirit, soul. The very life being, the creature. Does he love your choices? No. Your lifestyle? No. Your rebellion? Absolutely not. No, we know that God despise all of those choices of yours. Just read the Torah. Think about it. The land of Canaan. What did God say? All of those nations that I evict ahead of you, that I uproot from the land that I destroy. Why? Because they did all of these abominable things. Did God love them? Well, yes and no. He loved them as much as he loved a giraffe or a cat or a mouse. They're his creatures. But he despised them hated them and destroyed them, like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah, Nineveh, and many other places throughout history. So does God love everyone? Well, yes and no. How do you define that love? He loves you, all right. But not what you call you. He hates your homosexuality, hates your wickedness, hates your lust. He hates all of those things. I mentioned earlier, he created you to be fingers and toes according to his will, according to his word, to obey, to do what he tells you to. That's what Israel was supposed to be. But did they? No. Yet, 
not everyone did, but some did. There's always a remnant. Even when Eliyahu wanted to die, Adonai said, I kept 7,000 others for myself who did not bow to Baal, who did not kiss him. God has his Yashar'el, his true Yashar'el, the real vineyard, if you will. Gideon, David, Moshe, Aharon, Pinchas, all of those heroes of faith we read about, and those are but a speck. How about the 7,000 others? We don't even know their names. God has his people, don't worry about him. Question is, what about you? See, God always said and always will say, Yashar'el is his people. There is no other bride, there is no other ark, there is no other tithe apart from Yashar'el. If you want to be saved, what do you have to do? Get grafted in? You have to join Yashar'el. You don't replace Yashar'el. You don't come to God and say, I am Yashar'el. No, you are to be grafted in. And how do you get grafted in? Well, you start obeying the laws of Yashar'el. You join the seed. You join the root. Yeshua is the root of David. You join in. You don't replace. No, it doesn't mean you have to join the religious organizations who are the synagogue of Satan. No, but you join the real Yashar'el, the spirit, the people, the land, the holy days. How can you say you joined if you don't even keep the Shabbat? Seventh day Shabbat? If you don't even keep eating what is clean and you eat what is unclean, you know, pork and shrimp and all the rest of those despicable things that you love. You cannot claim to be the remnant, to be the God kind that the Lord keeps for himself if you don't even do what he says. You are the rebellious finger and thumb that is going to get imputed, thrown away. Remember why God made you. Why God made everything, all of us. Adam was supposed to be that. He failed. And yet, it was always the plan. Think about it. God was not surprised. Everything was already pre-propositioned. Before the world even began, he knew how it was going to end. So there is nothing that surprises Adonai. And he knew that the vast majority of men would go astray. It didn't matter. Because God only wanted his remnant anyway. The rest of you are just like his giraffes. You're just there for a season, and then you're done. Elephants do not have eternal life. They just live to be a hundred, maybe, and that's it. Ants, bugs, those praying mantises, they can pray all they want. They don't live forever. The only creature with the spiritual component of eternal life, the soul, is the human beings, us. We are created to rule this creation. We are to be the God kind and this type of matrix that the Lord created to reflect his matrix. See, this is just a mirror of the heavenly realm where we are to be the God kind to rule over all of his creatures. And think about it. How many creatures do we have on this planet? Too many to count. Billions different organisms, single-celled organisms, you name it. How many more in the heavenly realm if this is just a prototype, this is just a mirror, a sample? And yet, all of this is temporary because the only thing that God is taking out of this, 
out of this place, out of this earth, out of this physical universe, is the souls of men that repented and have decided to fulfill the purpose for which they were created, which is to serve the Lord. The rest destroyed, recycled, back to the earth from which they came. That's it. The souls are going to be thrown out, recycled in the pits of hell for all eternity. Actually, you could say they're not recycled. They're just going to... <laughs> well, but the spirit of life gets recycled, so that's what matters. The soul is nothing, which is you. You're nothing. So don't get, don't get prideful. You, you really are nothing. All of us are nothing. We're just the walking mud. I've said that before. Understand, you're not special. Now, you could choose to be special, but you're not. So how do you choose to become special? By loving the Lord. Ah. See, if you love the Lord, now you're special. Why? Because the rest of creation does not. Everyone around you is rebellious to God. They don't love Him. But the Lord does have a soft heart and a soft spot for those who love Him. We know that all Scripture testifies the Lord protects all who choose Him as a place of refuge. All who trust in Him. All who come to Him for help. The Lord does love a humble, honest heart that seeks Him and loves Him. We know that no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that the Lord has planned for those who what? Who love Him. Why? Think about it. Electricity. The Lord invented it. An open circuit does not work. You cannot turn on a light bulb with an open circuit. It has to be closed. Closed circuit. Electricity, electricity goes out and comes back. God loves you, sure. But unless you love Him back, it means nothing. You don't get the benefit of it. You don't get to enjoy it. You don't get to experience that love because the light doesn't go on. It doesn't turn on because you do not love him back. It's an open circuit. Electricity goes out. It does not come back. It means nothing. If you want to experience that love, if you want to reap the benefit of that love, then you have to love him back. It's the only way. And he told you that. It's not like it's, it's some sort of a secret or a surprise. He said that many, many times throughout the scripture. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. That is the greatest commandment and really the only one. Everything else just follows. If you love him, you'll do everything else. If you don't love him, you're not going to do anything. doesn't matter how much you do, it's nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Because the Lord is it. There is nothing else here besides the Lord. Everything else is just a guide on how to love the Lord and how to draw near to him, how to return to his likeness. Don't kill, don't steal, don't destroy, don't be holy. It's all instructions on returning to the character so that you can draw nearer unto him. But if you do not love him, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. So take it for what it's worth, and it's worth a lot. But the only way to be delivered from this wretched earth is to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Humble yourself before him. Understand what is your purpose. What did he create you for? What are you here for? And fulfill that purpose. Not with pride, but with joy. Joy of understanding that you are nothing, yet he treats you 
as something. And with that joy, treat him as everything, because he is. Hallelujah.